the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Five oh six on the Central Coast. It is Monday, January twenty second, two thousand twenty four. I'm Dave Congleton. Uh, tomorrow we have a local historian Jim Gregory with us. Karen Veely gives us the very latest from CalCoastNews.com. In about an hour, Ingrid Pierce is just back from South America and Antarctica. It is a Dave Congleton show. Always your hometown radio talk show. We have spent much of the afternoon talking about our dear friend Tom Matson who passed away last Friday at the age of 92. Discussion about Tom would not be complete without hearing from the one, the only, Mr. Carl Beck, who, among other things, co-hosted a show with Tom called Senior Moments on this broadcast, on this station, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Anyway, Carl Beck is here now. Mr. Beck, how are you? Hey, I'm pretty good, Dave. How you doing? I'm good. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming in. It's a sad day for the world. It is. It is. But you, you first met Tom back in 1972? The, you know what? I didn't know that until I'd known him for almost 20 years, and we got talking one time. And he was talking about the fact that him and another guy used to go up to Yuba City uh, as part of our church group that we're part of and do lectures on Ezekiel 38 up in uh, Yuba City. And I said, wait a second. <laughs> I was stationed at Beale Air Force Base right outside Yuba City, and I went to a lecture on Ezekiel 38 (laughs) down in Yuba City. And it turns out that I met Tom in like 1972 when he was doing a lecture up there. And then again, of course, when I uh, married my uh, wife, um, I met Tom, and that's how we got to know each other. So that was in 1991. It turns out, for a lot of people don't know, my my father-in-law actually uh, took Margie out twice on a date. Your, your father-in-law? My father-in-law really? was in Sunday school and uh, church youth groups with Margie and took Margie out on two dates before she met Tom. But once she met Tom, that was that was the end of it. Well, I was telling, talking earlier, the story I heard is that when Tom and Margie met, I think they met at a church dance, yeah. they knew that first day they were going to get married. Well, Tom knew. Yeah. Uh, Marge might have taken another day or two. I know okay. Tom. Tom knew right away. But it was he, fast. Yeah, Tom's best friend was a, a member of the, the church group there and brought him to the dance. Hmm. And uh, he he saw Margie, and that was that was it. He told he told his friend, "Now I'm going to marry her," and and he he pursued it. Wow. How did senior moments come to be? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Tom was at the station. I think he was the news manager at the time. Yeah. And uh, they asked him, I think, to, to put something together for an hour to fill on Saturdays. Uh, they wanted something that they could bump if uh, the, the Dodgers game was going to be early or what have you, or they could extend yeah. if the Dodgers got uh, rained out. So he had this idea, and he, he said, you know, I could do this show. And he thought about it, and he, he came up with this senior moments idea. And then he, he asked me, he said, Carl, do you want to co-host that with me? Because him and I were known at uh, Church Potlucks as uh, quite a comedy duo <laughs> and had been for years. So I said, yeah, you know, I'd love to be on the radio. And uh, he told me what the pay would be, and I took the job. Pay? pay. 
Yeah, he doubled it. Uh, about every six months, he doubled my pay. So at the end, it was like uh, zero times <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot, yeah. you know. But uh, so then we did that together for like three years, I think, until he uh, became your producer, and they wouldn't pay him to be there on Saturdays. And he talked management into believing that I could continue the show without him, and I did for you did. another like four years. Yeah. So talk yeah. about the Tom Matson you knew. I, you know, Tom, if, well, first of all, I heard people talk about his driving, and I can say that, that for years, whenever I would come on your show, uh, my wife would drop me off, and I would have to ride home with Tom, because Tom was not only a member of my church group and a friend and a co-worker, but he was also my neighbor. A neighbor, yeah. Yeah, because we lived in the same mobile home park. Yeah. So uh, I would have to ride home with Tom, and... and you know, a lot of people don't know that Tom was actually a race car driver. That's oh, that's right. He used to he worked with Steve McQueen. Yes, yes, yes. yes. He was he that. was a test car driver and a race car driver in his youth. And a lot of people, when it comes to radio, people think about Tom and they think about the '60s and the '70s. But Tom's start on radio was on his grandmother's show in 1938. That's right. He would he would read the the child's parts because his grandmother had a radio show in L.A. on some station, and he would come down and do the child's part. So he was actually on the air from like 1938 on. Radio plays. Yeah, he got his start in radio plays. In radio right. plays. Yeah. So I mean, he was he was in the radio business and around radio for a long, long time. But, yeah, so he, he had this idea for Senior Moments. At first he said, well, you know, you can come on and you can be Dr. Know-it-all and I'll ask you questions and we can do comedy skits and bits. And so we, we started putting the vaudeville back together, but then they, it didn't work out. Vaudeville never came back. But uh, we did have a lot of fun for, for three years. And Margie would come down and she'd run the phones. Because she was always part of his show. Yeah. Whatever show he was yeah. doing in his career, she was involved, too. Yeah. Although, I guess, when they were in Salt Lake City, she was the manager of an Italian restaurant. Yeah. She had a background in restaurants. Well, somebody had to make money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As we know, radio is not a way to get rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's, not, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, television. Yeah. But, yeah, so it was... It was fun. We were out of the old station down there on Choro, and I met you for the first time down there. You came in on a Saturday to, to, to get something out of your desk or something, and I remember meeting you down Probably there. Probably using the bathroom. Yeah. But, uh, and you said, you guys are doing a good job. So I thought, wow, we're doing a good job. He, I don't know who he is, but he thinks we're doing a good job. <laughs> but, yeah, Margie, Margie would uh, run the telephones, and, uh, and him and I would be on. And, actually, I would bring my daughter down sometimes, and she would... She would sit, uh, sit and not want to talk, but uh, we'd try and get her involved in radio. Because he really did want to get everybody involved in whatever he was doing. And Tom is one of those people, and I try and be like Tom. Tom. Tom didn't care if he was a success. If you were a success and he helped you be a success, that was good enough for Tom. I think that's a very true statement. You know, he, he could live with the fact that you succeeded and he helped you do it, and he wouldn't even he wouldn't even be like me, which would be you know I'd be saying I made him. Tom would just be going, "Isn't it great that he's a success?" <laughs> and he would always be talking about it. That circles back to talking about his family all the time. He was always so proud of his children yeah. and what they were accomplishing. He'd yeah. love to come in and talk about his kids. Yeah, and that's the thing is, if he were here right now, 
in the middle of this conversation about him, he would want to talk about somebody else. Yeah. He'd be talking about Margie and how much Margie put up with him and, and how blessed he was to have her because without her, you know, he wouldn't be him. They were quite the pair, though, weren't they? They were. They were a pair. And I... You know, my wife actually got involved in helping to move him up to Sacramento to be with his family. I mean, we, we were really pushing. It was a time for them to go and, and be where there was family around. And the, the fact that Margie ended up in the, uh, the long-term care facility for a couple of years before she passed away is the reason that he was able to learn to be on his own and the reason that he did last. Because if she... If they had just been together and living in that little um, mobile home over here in Oceano and she passed, I don't think he would have lasted six months. Hmm. Carl Beck is here paying tribute to his uh, friend and former media colleague, Tom Matson. More conversation straight ahead. You're listening to Hometown Radio. This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. We're just taking some time today to pay tribute to Tom Matson, a long-time fixture of this station and of this show, who passed away last Friday at the age of 92 up in Sacramento. Carl Beck sits in with me. He and Tom were friends for many years. They also did the show, uh, Senior Moments, on this station. I'm struck by the fact, Carl, that in the last year and a half, we've lost uh, King Harris, his wife, Sarah, uh, Don Barrett, who was like Mr. Radio down in L.A. He was 82. Uh, Don, Don Morris was a regular guest on the show. He was about 90 years old. It's like that generation is saying goodbye. Yeah. You know, and, and now Tom. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Time is a very interesting thing. I was thinking about the fact that when we started Senior Moments, everybody kept asking me what I was doing on a show called Senior Moments because <laughs> I was like 45. And Tom was 66 because he's 21 years older. Yeah. So I'm 45, he's 66. So, well, Tom is, the, Tom is the senior for Senior Moments, but I'm the part that says that anybody can have a senior moment. doesn't matter how old, how old you are, you can have a senior moment. And and that's what I kept with after Tom got off the show because I was still in my 40s and I was doing this show called Senior Moments. But now here we are, and you and I are in our 70s. Yep. And and we're still going. But uh, over Tom's lifetime, I mean, from the time when he was six years old in 38 and on his, his grandmother's radio show... And what was the world like in, in 38 versus what it's like now? And all of those changes that Tom actually kept up with. And a lot of people don't do that. But Tom does it. I try yeah. and do it. I, I, I go to a consumer electronics show. I, I, I read things. I try and keep up just like he would. I mean, he was a good example of somebody who stayed relevant his entire life. Well, 1932, I, uh, movies had just gone to talkies. Uh, radio had been around for about 10 years. TV was still just an idea. Yeah. We were a newspaper culture. Yeah. All that has gone out the window in Tom's lifetime. Yeah. And yet, and yet you could get him, if he, if he wasn't gone, you could get him on the radio today and he could talk about things that are current today and, and be relevant today. And you see too many older people who tend to tune out at about age 65 and if they make it to 90, they are, they're, they're still 
20 years, 25 years behind everything. They, they're not able to keep up with things. But he was, and he did. And, and there's something in that for all of us. I think what we need to get from Tom's passing is what we can learn that made Tom last 92 years and seem to enjoy every minute of it. He must have been all those years at Radio Shack paid off for him. Well, you know, the, the reason that Tom and I got along so well is because I also, too, slaved at Radio Shack for a couple of years as a Radio Shack computer marketing manager yeah. in the early 80s, uh, right as Windows came out. So he, he and I had some, some things there, and I was in the military in an electronics career field. So we had a lot in common there. But he, he did enjoy life, and there was no getting around the fact that, that every day... And I'm sure he hurt. I'm sure he was in pain. But you wouldn't know to talk to him. I don't think in 33 years of knowing them that I ever saw Tom and Marge actually fight in the way you would think of a couple fighting. I don't recall ever seeing Tom angry or mad. Uh, no, I never no. saw him mad. I don't, I don't think I ever saw him that way. There's, there's, if we want to learn something from Tom, we need to learn, A, how to listen to one another, because he did listen to you. Even if he didn't agree with you, he would listen to you. And I like that you do that. You listen to people. You don't always agree with them, but you're willing to listen to them. I think Tom helped shape that in me. Yeah. I think, I think you know, there's a lot of the way you and I both are. And I know everything I learned about being on radio and doing radio, I learned from Tom in the, in the three years we did the show together. And he taught me how to, to actually listen, which is really hard for me because I'm ADHD. And my, my, you real too. Urge, you too, huh? yeah, my real urge is to just butt in and explain why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and in no uncertain terms, make sure you know why you're wrong. It's funny, when I hear you laugh, I hear Tom laugh. Yeah. Because listening to Senior Moments, you would laugh and Tom would laugh. And just, you're listening at home and you start laughing. Oh, you know, I, I cracked him up one day. We we used to do the thing with the uh, the the Mister no, Doctor Know It All, yeah. and you you called in and you had to have a question, and and it had to be for Doctor Know It All. And this lady called and she didn't have a question for me. She said, "I don't have a question for Doctor Know It All. I just want to know what time the Dodgers come on." <laughs> and 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 Tom's going, "Yeah, but this is the Doctor Know It All section. You're supposed to have a question for Doctor Know It All. Please have a question for Doctor Know It." She said, "I don't have a question. I just want to know when the Dodgers come on." So I tell you what, Tom, I'll give her an answer, and I'll guarantee her she'll use it at least once this week, and then you can give her the Dodger game number. And he said, "Okay, Doctor Know It All. What's the answer?" And I said, "Wear the blue one." And he just cracked up. <laughs> and then he said, all right, fine, the Dodgers are on at five. Well, why couldn't the question for Dr. Know-it-all be what time are the Dodgers Because that's, that's not a Dr. Know-it-all question. Dr. Oh. Know-it-all questions are, are questions of profundity, of, of great uh, you know, wisdom or something where I have to go. I mean, he could just look at the schedule and tell you when the game was on, besides which he had already mentioned when the game was on about 20 minutes earlier and she hadn't paid attention. I make sure she's tuning in. I love the fact that in Salt Lake City and maybe other markets as well, he was the overnight guy. I love the fact that he was able to do that. I'm so envious. Well, you that. know, a lot of people don't know. When he was the overnight person up in Sacramento, and he was doing a, 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 like a jazz show overnight, and Molly Ringwald's dad, Bob, 
Bob. They're good friends. Yeah, he was he was a local jazz musician, and when he'd get off, he would just come over to the station and he'd sit across and just talk to Tom for hours. So Tom and him would would spend the night talking on his overnight show sometimes, and uh, from there's pictures of Molly Ringwald sitting there on Tom's knee. <laughs> so she was like Uncle Tom. To, to 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 her too, and you know I always I always said that the nepotism begins at home, and if you don't believe me, you can ask my uncle Tom. But um, <laughs> uh, and I guess Bob Ringwald passed away in 2020. Yeah, but yeah, so he, but you know he had he had this way about him that people would just want to come and sit and talk with him because he was so easy to talk to. Yeah, he was easy to talk to. He was he was the kind of person that could interview you. And and make it about you, and not everybody is like that. You know, some people, some interviews, interviewers, they they ask you the questions that they want answers to, and they don't care what you really want to say. Did you stay in touch with them after you moved to Sacramento? Yeah, we did. Facebook and and uh, birthday wishes because his birthday is a week before mine, hmm. so his birthday was just yeah last his birthday week. his birthday was just last week. Yeah, yeah, he made it to ninety. It was like he was counting. You know, okay, 92 is, is far enough. Well, it's been said that there are some people who they just want to make it to like their birthday or to their anniversary. There's some kind of date they want to reach yeah. it to. And then once they reach that date, eh. Yeah. Yeah, there is that, that old thing, uh, that old adage that Native Americans used to, when they hit a certain spot, they would just go out and sit down and and quietly die. Cats are the same way. Yeah. Speaking of, of Tom... And his fondness for cats. Cats have been known to do the same thing. I'm just struck by, we were talking earlier, Tom working in AM radio, mostly in the 60s and 70s. But he was never making enough money. So he'd have to go out and find a non-radio job to pay the bills. And all the different jobs, running an animal shelter and managing a radio shack. He just did whatever it required for him to support his wife and kids. Yeah. Well, not everybody can get wealthy at this like you, Dave. Yeah. You know, uh, for most people, as we know, radio is a hobby. I mean, I could show you every dollar I've ever made from radio if I had one. <laughs> as a matter of fact, it was funny, you know, when when my show went off the air with, with some controversy, but they, they called to tell me, you know, that, okay, we're not going to need you anymore. And, and I thought about it, and I said, well, okay, I guess I'll just save $120 a week. Because... My wife didn't like to see me just go out on my own, so she would want to come with. And she'd bring my daughter, and then while we were on the, the air, she would go downtown shopping. And then when I was finished with the show, she'd want to go over to hometown for dinner. So when I got through, it was costing me $100, 120 a week to do the show. <laughs> but, you know, radio's a hobby. And, but that was the thing. Tom loved Radio, he and did. he agreed with the fact that, that that if you're going to be in radio, you should love the sound of your own voice. <laughs> Carl Beck is on this broadcast as we talk about the late great Tom Manson. Off we go. We got California headline news and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with time saver traffic and weather together. We'll continue our conversation with Mr. Beck and invite your thoughts as well. Ingrid Piers at six oh five takes us to South America. This is hometown radio for the Central Coast. It is the Dave Congleton Show. Happy Monday.
Always good to be in conversation with Carl Beck, a longtime friend and collaborator with the late, great Tom Madsen. We lost Tom on Friday. So we invited Carl to come back in and just kind of reminisce and talk about Tom. If you want to join us, please do. We open up the phone lines, fire up the text line, 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. If you want to talk about Tom, if you just want to listen, that's fine too. Because admittedly, Carl, there are a lot of people who don't know Tom, didn't know Tom. Yeah, there are. And that's that's sad for them because he, he was a good person. And I've always said, you know, if uh, if you can go through this life and make just one thing more kind on the way out, why, you've done a good job. And he made more than one kind. He, he Almost everybody who ever knew him or talked to him got something from the experience. And that's what made him who he was. And I think that's why Margie loved him, is because he could be a little punny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He could he he had a, a a habit of calling or coming by my house at the most inopportune times. I mean, if I was in the middle of something and and trying to fit, that's when he would knock on the door, or that's when he would call. It, it was just like it was inevitable that his timing was that he would always. I'd be in the middle of something, but you'd stop, and pretty soon you'd be talking to Tom, and you'd feel a little better, and then you'd go back and finish whatever it was, and realize that it probably wasn't all that important hmm. anyway. His military service is very important to him. It was, and it also, uh, you know, he um, he hurt his uh, body pretty severely. He yeah. fell uh, off of a top deck and went down like three decks and landed on his feet. And they never really wrote that up the way it was supposed to be. And it uh, kind of went through his entire life giving him uh, pain and what have you. So, But he never really complained about it that much. And, and it wasn't until he moved to Sacramento that he seemed to finally get some help for it. Yeah, the, uh, the, the VA up there was a lot better. Um, he was really happy with the VA hospital up there. They had somehow or another been able to document his injuries as being related to that and were actually treating it. So it was one of the first times that he actually started getting things looked at in a way that they should have been all along. You know, I got to admit, when I first met Tom uh, in 1990, um, 91, late 90. He was like 59, and he weighed probably 375 pounds. He was heavier than when he you wrestled. He wrestled with weights. Yeah, and and I did not think he was going to make it to 65. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, I mean, every time he walked, any place he walked, he was huffing and puffing. And I thought his sight must be going really bad because he backed his car right into my wife's uh, yellow. Uh, <laughs> Um, Beetle, Volkswagen Beetle one time and hit it and felt really bad about it. I mean, it was a 69 VW bug and he hit and hit the fender and felt bad. But we did not think he was going to make it to 65 or 70, let alone 92. Uh, but he went he actually worked on, on losing some weight and changing his lifestyle. And um, he and Margie started eating better. We just couldn't keep him away from Panda Express. Well, I, I feel bad because I eat Panda Express at least once a week myself, you know. But it, it's not like real Chinese food if you're out there on the right. This is, this is American Chinese food. It's made in America, okay? <laughs> I know uh, one of the big adventures that Tom and Margie had is their trip to Europe. 
They waited a long time before. And I forget, they went with family members. I don't remember which ones. But it was this incredible trip. They flew they flew to Paris. They went from Paris to Barcelona, got on a cruise ship. They went all over Italy, and they bought that darn table uh, from uh, the Malfi Coast. Yeah. Right? And it was some real expensive table. But Margie fell in love with it and insisted that they buy this table. So here they are in the middle of nowhere, Italy, and they buy this dining room table. And they had to have it shipped back to Oceano. Yeah. Uh, and it took up most of most of the house. But it was beautiful. It was beautiful, but it took up three quarters of the house. I mean, the, <laughs> the house wasn't that big, and it, it took up. We had a Super Bowl party over there one year. We we have it at our my house uh, ever since. And, it, I mean, that, that table took up. Three quarters of the house, there was hardly any place for, for people to sit and watch the game. So they, they go all over the Mediterranean. They're in Italy. I think they hit Greece. They end up in Turkey. So they're in Turkey for a couple of days. And then they fly to London, and they're in England. And they finally get sick in England because they've just, they're older, and they've just crammed in this, this dream vacation. They're going to go see everything. I thought they were nuts. Yeah. You know, it's my wife is getting ready to retire um, in less than two years, and we were going to do a three-week trip, and we've decided to do three one-week trips. So we may have learned from them mm. that uh, that you, you're better off taking a, a smaller bite of the apple. All right, as we talk about Tom Matson, let's hear from his sister. Here is Lynn on KVEC. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Hi, Lynn. You guys have been doing the most amazing job of honoring my brother, and I can't tell you how much I have learned about him that I didn't know. Oh, like what? What didn't you know? I didn't know my grandma Fritzie ever had a radio show that he was on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that was before my time, because there was 15 years between us. But the one thing that I've come away with is that my brother had the most amazing gift of whoever he was with, they were the most important person in the world at that time, and it was true. I think it's true, it absolutely. True. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And um, I had a whole different experience of him, of course, because I was baby sister. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to sleep at night until he sung Brown's Lullaby to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's one of, like my second memory ever of being in my crib waiting for my big brother to kiss me goodnight because I wouldn't sleep unless he did. What's the age difference, uh, Lynn? What, what was the age difference? Fifteen years. Wow. Yeah. So he was a teenager waiting to go out on a date, and Mom wouldn't let him out the door until he put me to bed. <laughs> <laughs> And he always used to say, oh, sis, you have the beauty and the brains. And I go, for heaven's sake, Tom, give me a break. And he always would tell me that. It's like I was always just his beloved baby sister. And I looked up to him. And, oh, my God, I miss him so much. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Are you the one I heard the story about that came back from, uh, from, kin from kindergarten and looked at your mother and said, they're finger painting in there? I, yeah, that was me. Uh -huh. What's the story? He said he always said that she was she was so intelligent and so smart and so ahead of everything that when they sent her to kindergarten, she came back after the first day and she stomped into the kitchen and she said, "Mother, they're finger painting." 
<laughs> I, I'm afraid that's true. My dad taught me to read when I was two and a half, and we were playing chess together when I was three. And like finger painting, excuse me. Yeah, but he 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 had stories about you. He liked to talk. He was very very proud of you. I was very very proud of him. Let me tell you, and even more so after listening to all these things that he's been and done for for all of the people that he loved and that loved him. What an amazing person he was. My word. Yeah. He had a tremendous life. He did. A long yes. life and a tremendous life. Yeah. A fruitful life. And Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing so much of it with all of us. I mean, all of us who've been listening, um, my my daughter who adored him and is helping to put together his memorial service has been listening to all of this all afternoon. And it's just meant so much to all of us. So thank you, thank you. Yeah, sure. Lynn, do we have any details about the memorial service? It's at the Valhalla Mobile Home Park, and it's on Friday morning, and it starts, I believe, at 10 o'clock. And there's going to be a Cherokee drum ceremony, because he was a Cherokee elder. That's right. Among among many other things. Um, my son-in-law, who is a an Episcopal priest is going to be sort of officiating and coordinating in, in a very ecumenical way. Um, there's going to be family that are going to talk about Tom, uh, our various, the facets of him that, that belong to each of us. And um, we're going to have dinner and a potluck and an open mic. And we're ha- it's a party. It's a celebration of life. You know, instead of a potluck, you should just all go over to Epi's. Oh, I don't know. Tom, not, Tom loved the good part. Sure hold all of us. Uh, yeah. No. You, have, you, have you been to Epi's, Carl? No, I haven't. But I've yeah. been. I've been at many a potluck with Tom, and Tom. Yeah. Is, Tom liked potluck. It's like it's like a Coco's. It's just a coffee yeah. shop. Yeah. yeah. Len, anything else you want to say? Nope. I just wanted to thank you for this amazing tribute. It, it's been such a blessing. So thank you. Well, thanks for calling, Glenn. Thank you very much. Uh, short break. We'll come back for a final segment with Carl Beck. We're live. We're local. We're hometown. All right. As we talk about Tom Matson, let's take another phone call. We've got Bob on KVEC. Hey, Bob. Yeah, I got a question for you. Right. Has um, Has Tom's career given you inspiration to to maybe keep going? Uh, longer than if you were to, you know, retire at some other date. Um, the reason I'm asking is I've got this feeling that um, when you're gone, um, you know, hometown radio is gone. They're not going to hire someone new. Yikes. And probably the only reason they're they're keeping you is they don't want to get tarred and feathered should they fire you. Wow. Well, no, when I retire, Carl Beck's going to take over. Sure, sure. Because I'll do it for free. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, but then again, what, what's keeping Dave from retiring is not Tom. It's his bank balance, probably. <laughs> no, well. <laughs> Whatever works. Well, I mean, why Why do I want to retire? I'm only 70. Yeah. Tom, I know, exactly. Tom and, and worked so into his I, 80s. I, I yeah. was wondering if Tom was inspiration. That oh, you're, absolutely, yeah. You're going you're gonna to do another decade at least, as long as your health allows it. Well, we'll see where radio goes. Yeah, this is the only thing you can do where you can do it until you, as long as you can talk, you can do it. As long as somebody will let you talk, you guys should say that you can do it. You know, talking about Tom and, and his driving, it used to just worry the heck out of us. 
he went to a Bible school every year up in Idlewild, which is up at the top of the mountain behind yep. Palm Springs. Yep. Yep. And he was still driving his motor home up there when he was like 85, 86. Yeah, and Highway 74 <laughs> yeah. is, and, is and, not, the, not the guy five. Driving a motor home up there when you're in your 80s, it's like, uh, you know, I... I, if I had to go, I'd go up the other side of the mountain to make sure I wasn't on Tom's side of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and then coming down in it. That, going up is one thing, but then coming down in a motorhome off that mountain uh, is, is very scary. Yeah, Bob, anything else you want to say? Well, I'm hoping for, I'm hoping for uh, you know at least another decade out of Dave. We're not going anywhere, Bob. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the thought. I, I have no yeah. idea. I don't know. I go day by day. Well, I just like that I, I have a friend that I can call if I want to get on the air and talk about something. You can come here anytime. You let me come and talk. On the Solberg text line, you're being praised. Uh, Tom and Carl, another funny dynamic duo. Uh-huh. Yeah, we were like Mutt and Jeff. <laughs> you were. Yeah, and, and only the people old enough to know who Mutt and Jeff were will actually get that. Did you Did you keep shows? Do you have old shows? No, we didn't. We didn't, we didn't keep any of the old shows, mm. unfortunately. If you want in on this conversation with Mr. Beck about Tom Manson, we'd like to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We've been reading text messages. We've been hearing from family members. We've been hearing from listeners. Tom was a very important part of KVEC for about 20 years. Uh, lost the guy far too soon last Friday. So I'll tell you a Tom story. Okay. I was, As you know, I worked at Kmart. So I was, I was the jewelry manager. I was over by the jewelry counter one day, and I was training this, this new uh, person who was about 20 years old. And I was saying, okay, well, you got to put this out, and you got to put that out, and you got to do this. And I looked over my shoulder, and I saw Tom walking up. And I got a little louder, and I said, well, you know, because actually, if we don't do this right, you know, people won't, won't find it. I mean, you could ask any of it. Well, let's ask this one. And I said, and I, and I said something to him, and he's like, and Tom went, well, uh, no, I don't know why. And he went into his idiot routine, and we sat there and did this routine in front of this kid, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he talked to a customer that way. <laughs> but he just, in a drop of a moment, he realized exactly what I was doing, and we just went into a routine. But I would think, given what he went through in Korea, he needed to have that sense of humor yeah. to cope. Yeah, well, and he was, like I said, the the the... the Problems he had with his back and with his spine caused him pain all his life, but he never really complained about it. So you wouldn't know. You know, he 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 could be in pain and you wouldn't know he was in pain. Yeah. You know, when I'm in pain, you know I'm in pain because I'll let you know. When I'm in pain, people certainly know. Yeah. But Tom, even when he was in pain, was always smiling yeah. and trying to bring out the best in people. Yeah, he was. And there's there's something to be said for that kind of lifestyle, and that's probably why he'll make it to he made it to ninety two, and you and I'll be gone at eighty three. <laughs> hey, when I'm when I'm done, I'm done. And then they'll have a show, and they'll go, yeah, they're gone. <laughs> but what is gone are those AM, what I call AM warriors. Yeah, mostly men, a lot of women, but mostly men. They came of age in the 1960s and 1970s, and for them, they just went around from market to They'd work there for three years, and then they get fired or move on for more money. Yeah. They'd just bounce from town to town. Yeah. Well, you know, Tom, Tom was different with that. 
There, one of the another Tom stories we ran into. He ran into uh, Rick Martell one day, and and he walked up to Rick and he said, "Hey, Rick, it's me, Tom Matson." And and Rick, you know, television had ruined Rick Martell. For those who don't know, he he went from radio. He was on the radio in San Diego That's at the right. same time that Tom was. They were on competing stations. They knew who each other was. Right. And and so he goes, you know, it's it's me, Tom Matson, and and Rick Martell is like. And finally he says, you know, we were on the, the air to get at the same time in San Diego. And he said, I don't care anyway. But he was just grumpy. A television had ruined Rick Martell. He was not a happy radio guy. But even that, uh, Tom just smiled at him and let him go and felt really bad for him that he was sad. Let's take another call. We have Dan and Oceano on KVEC. Hey, Dan. Hey, Dave. Hey. Haven't talked to you in a long time. Well, welcome back, Dan. Man, we lost a great one. We did, didn't we? Oh, man, Tom used to uh, stop by the shop with his cat. That cat <laughs> cracked me up in his car. Yeah, yeah, Archie. Yeah. Oh, Archie was just there. Tom would come over, and Archie would look out the window, and Tom would come in and shit, he'd talk about old cars. He loved old cars. In fact, a friend of mine had a Victorus, uh, and Tom goes, I worked on the mold for that car. <laughs> so, I mean, Tom had so much history. And, man, I just like, man, he'd come over and just pop in, and, God, we'd talk for an hour. Yeah. And that was just, uh, God, I just, by chance, because my reception's so bad here on AM, I'm in a hole. And I just happened to check, and I was somehow I blocked you with spam, and I finally got you back because I was getting my daily, and I saw that, and I went, wow. Oh, and I don't get to Tribune anymore because 700 bucks a year is too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can get us on FM at 96.5. You know you can listen to us live on your computer at 920kvc.com, Dan. Or on yeah, your phone. my computer... My link out to my garage. I'm in. I'm into technology, and I've got. I might as well be in the Stone Age. You can just Google it on your smartphone and go to it. I did. Yeah, myself. you can. Hear, you can hear it on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at any rate, I just got to say, Tom, uh, Tom was one of the greatest persons on the face of this planet. What a awesome person. I agree. You know, and and he's going to be greatly missed. Yes. It didn't matter which side of the joke Tom was on either. I remember one of the greatest laughs I ever got out of Marge in the old studio was we had a guest on and they were talking about airlines. And at some point Tom went, uh, you know, I remember when there used to be a dress code for airlines. And I looked across yeah. at him and I said, Tom, just because Orville and Wilbur made you wear a slicker doesn't mean there was a dress code. And I heard Marge up on the phones just cracking up. <laughs> Yeah, well, Tom and Marjorie, great people. Yeah, yeah, they are. Dan, good to hear from you. Thanks for the call. Anybody else want in? 805-543-8830. Carl Beck sits in with me as we pay tribute to the late, great Tom Matson, who left us last Friday. And this Friday is going to be the memorial service celebration up in West Sacramento. Yeah, which is fitting. I mean, he was in Sacramento a long time. Uh, I don't know if there may be some older people up there that remember him from his days on the radio up there. 
on the uh, Stolberg line. Uh, appreciative listener. Great show, Dave. Radio history. Great stories. Long live radio. Yes. Yes. Long live radio. Yes. yes. People's radio. People to the radio. Radio for the people. <laughs> Sounds like we're having a radio revolution here. We should bring back senior moments. We should bring back senior moments. We'll, we'll hire you and we'll pay you the same. We'll double it. We'll double what I we're won't come you back for less than triple. All right. We'll triple it. I'll talk to Pepper. Yeah, are you kidding? And my, my daughter has grown up and moved out, so it won't cost me near as much now. I'd just speak for my wife. <laughs> but yeah, because she always wanted to go for ice cream after dinner. So then we had to go, uh, we'd go to hometown. They'd go shopping, then we'd go to hometown, then we'd have to go down to the foster freeze and get some ice cream, you know, before we could go home. It, it turned out to be a whole day thing to do an hour show <laughs> but did it give you working with tom did it give you appreciation for the people who do radio yeah. having seen what it takes to host a show every week you know what i learned from him it he made it look easy and and i in the three years that we did it together i learned from him enough that that it felt easier for me because i i would i would just do what what tom would do well good radio is just people talking yeah yeah so I, I just, well, I would just, you know, what would Tom do? Well, Tom would let them talk, yeah. and and then when he was done, he'd thank them, and he wouldn't laugh out loud at whatever ridiculous thing they might have just said. We're at the two minute mark. You got any more stories about Tom Manson? Oh, mm. I don't know. You know, Tom, Tom just he was a story. I mean, I like that. He was. He was, and and um. You know, I didn't. I didn't know him by choice. I just ended up there because of my wife, and he was he was part of her family, uh, and part of what she grew up with. And I became part of that. And he welcomed me, but I came in as a complete stranger into a small group of people, and he welcomed me with open arms. And he made sure that he came over and talked to me every chance he got. As uh, Carl puts together a final thought, let me circle back to our opening guest, Roger Rappaport, the author of uh, Searching for Patty Hearst. He is going to be in town a week from tomorrow, January 30th, from 3 to 4.30 p.m. up at the Atascadero Public Library, and also on Wednesday, January 31st, from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the Slow County Library Community Room, if you want to hear his presentation as we come up on the 50th anniversary of the kidnapping of Patty Hearst. There's another important part of California history that Tom Matson was a part of. You know, everything so you is 50 years ago. I, it just cracks me up. Every, my family is all laughing at me because every time I turn around, I'm, well, you know, 50 years ago, 50 years ago. We have 30 seconds for a final thought, my friend. You know, it's when it comes to Tom Matson, the final thought is everybody needs to be more like Tom. Everybody needs to, to treat everybody uh, as they would want to be treated. Listen to people, even if you don't agree with them. And if you are going to disagree with them, do it in a very gentle way that is non-judgmental. that says, hey, you have your opinion, here's my opinion, you can take mine like I could take yours. And don't ever call a military veteran unpatriotic. No, no, that's, that's just silly. I... I don't understand how people do that. All right, Carl, thank you. Appreciate you coming up. Off we go. News, traffic, weather. Then Ingrid Pierce takes us to Antarctica and South America. This is Hometown Radio.
the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111 911.